the great Canadian talk show. There's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus. No way! Yes way! And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. I know you're all waiting for me to say it, so I'll say it. Let's get right down to business. Great Canadian talk show podcast flagship of actionline.ca. And uh, as that rolls out, some very nice compliments so far, some traffic to the website. I just want to tell you, all of our existing content, uh, the episodes of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast, they're now housed over there. You don't have to go through Spotify. A much cleaner layout. Uh, there's... Uh, archives, including from the our coverage of the 2019 uh, election. And uh, it's worth checking out. I hope you'll think it's worth checking out. You can get caught up on everything that's been talked about, everything that's been covered, the exclusives, including, for instance, our exclusive interview kicking off the uh, launch of actionline.ca with Andrew Marques. Uh, and this is been a while in coming. I'm sorry it took so long, but I know it's going to be worthwhile. And yes, I'm trying to figure out, we're trying to figure out uh, some audio and video features in particular ways that, uh, so that you'll have an opportunity to call in and, uh, as we used to put it, kvetch, be able to call in, vent your spleen or any other organ you need vented at City Hall, the province, the federal government or whoever, and, uh, whenever possible. Uh, actionline.ca will uh, try to lend a helping hand, make life a little easier, and make politicians, bureaucrats a little more accountable. There's uh, uh, coming up uh, in the foreseeable future. Uh, part two, part three of our the exclusive interview I had with Andrew Marquez. As I record this, uh, still in court with regards to the city wanting um, enforce, as I recall, enforcement of the interest provisions. They don't want to have to pay interest while they're in appeal. And I'll I'll get to that future podcast. Listen to the interview with Andrew Marquez, his views of the court case, which was recorded before the appeal was filed. Uh, he provided us a lot of insight uh, into what it was like for somebody like him to suddenly find that City Hall was working against him and not for him. Uh, there's going to be more, all sorts of City Hall coverage. It's going to come up. Uh, that That's going to ramp up a little more as the provincial election coverage. Once that dies down, you get the idea. We're going to have some insight into some um, <clears throat> policing matters. I've been in touch casually with a few people at City Hall and had some really pleasant conversations, uh, and those will lead to uh, interviews, the traditional style of interviews on the Great Canadian Talk Show with city councillors, uh, special eye on some neighbourhoods and some topics, as always. Check out our coverage of the bike lane that, uh, as it turns out, has been imposed in St. Boniface without any genuine consultation being fulfilled. But I, I set that aside. Look back for our various stories about the bike lane proposals for Marion and Goulet and also the fact that in Transcona they got them stopped and the Provence biz turned against the city. But here uh, in, in the neighborhood where our office is located, they think they can just ram things down people's throats. Uh, we'll see how that works. Um, there's other things at City Hall I'm going to be paying attention to. There's a composting uh, proposal. Uh, to save your household waste that's that's completely bogus. This proposal is completely bogus with a report that borders on fake news. I'm going to try to bring you more information about that uh, as it uh, continues on its path, just hitting a City Hall Committee, I believe it was as I record this. Um, 
with regards to the provincial election, the candidates have been contacted, the media is being watched, uh, the free press allowing a simulated front page with their banner to proclaim that Lloyd Axworthy is uh, first among the fossils that have stepped forward to support uh, one candidate or another, and in this case, Wab Canoe. Uh, free press, press banner um, clearly, clearly insufficient steps taken for people to understand that that was an advertorial, a bot front page, and not something that resembles real news, but in fact resembles fake news. Anyways, uh, the campaign is rolling on, the platforms are being uh, analyzed, the media coverage, and over on winnipegtribune.ca, I'll drop a link to it in this uh, in this description, um, I took Global TV already to task for their slanted reporting before even before the election started. Um, now, the NDP had their launch uh, on Labor Day, on Monday. Uh, the Liberal event is tomorrow morning in St. Boniface. Dougal Lamont's writings, he tries to hold on. That's, as I record this Wednesday morning, I'm, I don't know that I'll be able to attend. I'm going to do what I can uh, to do so, not far from the office. Uh, so the NDP was on Monday. The Liberals are on Wednesday. The Conservatives had the stage uh, today. Uh, a surprise to me uh, from Premier Stephenson with an income tax cut to be phased in over four years uh, that would be on the first $47,000 that Manitobans earn. So that would be the aspiring to be middle class and lower end of the middle class, I guess. Uh, the media reports indicating that this could save Manitobans $1,900 per year. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, the tax cut would cost $150 million annually. I don't know where those revenues are made up, and that's a big hole to fill. Maybe, maybe, maybe revenue that's derived from activity in the mining sector and, and taxation. I don't know. I don't, maybe, but I, I was a little, the, the announcement surprised me. There's a hole there that will have to be explained. Uh, also, Premier Stephenson uh, continuing to stick to her guns, so to speak, and taking on the federal government, saying that she, uh, she will order hydro to stop collecting the carbon tax and that uh, on natural gas bills for home heating, uh, because the province um, should should not be the province position is people should not be paying for that form of home heating. Uh, and uh, the federal government, uh, you know, the media likes to make a big deal. We already lost one court case, but that was over a different aspect of uh, a different aspect of, of carbon tax. And uh, she says she's gotten good legal advice. I hope they aren't the same lawyers in the city of Winnipeg. But she says that they've gotten legal advice that this is a legitimate move, that uh, carbon tax should not be charged on um, home on home heating uh, bills derived from the use of natural gas um, and also committed to balancing the provincial budget in 2025. Ah, magician, who knows? I saw Premier Stephenson last week. She, uh, at, a, at a gathering, and uh, she was happy to see me. I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast and is um, has committed to uh, giving me some interview time with her and I await those arrangements and as soon as I find find out, you folks will find out too. And if you have questions for Premier Stephenson's, hey, send them in. I'll be glad to try to get some answers for you. Um, 
the, the biggest takeaway today uh, is how Wab Canoe, having slipped in the polls and facing what is essentially, you know, which, you know, only, only the NDP could be opposed to a tax cut to people making, for people making under 47,000 a year. Uh, and, and Canoe's, you know, they're trying desperately to recast him, to get him, get him past these questions about his past and, and about his run-ins with the law. And, and one of the quotes that, for instance, Global Today used, I believe that because I've been able to make good on a second chance at life, that I have something to contribute and how we can improve things. But that means people are going to start asking, well, how did he make good on a second chance in life? How many times was Wab Canoe given opportunities because of who he was? The door opened to him to CBC by a by a fluke. And again, um, these kinds of DEI hires and DEI opportunities, sometimes they're people that would not necessarily have made it on the basis of merit. Canoe having a, an adequate career, I'd say, as a reporter. Nobody ever talks about the fact he went to work for the highly anti-Semitic Al Jazeera, scrubbed completely from his history, but not from the memory banks of many of us in the reporting game. Um, his tenure at the University of Winnipeg, you got Lloyd Oxworthy endorsing him. That's the guy that hired him to be a vice president of the University of Winnipeg. And uh, it's hard for anyone to point at any actual accomplishments that Wab Canoe achieved at the University of Winnipeg. Uh, so this attempt to recast him at all, oh, you know, he's a redeemed redemption. But did he take the path that other people take, or do you have a few? advantages that are never really discussed or described. One thing that happened today, as you'll hear as we head into the break, just a, in trying to under undermine the concept of a tax cut for people making under $47,000 a year, as well as the other announcements the Conservatives have, have, have made in the pre-election period, uh, Canoe said something that's going to haunt him through the entire campaign. You'll hear it right now. Zwilly off to the break. As we head off to the break, I come back. I'm going to have a special commentary. You'll want to hear that. Uh, as we head off to the break, as I said, here's Wab Canoe with Line of the Day. Why is the Premier coming up with all these good ideas right on the verge of an election? The information you need but can't find anywhere else. A lot of you-know-what would hit the fan if at any point anything were to come out from this. But we have that information. The tradition of investigative journalism for Winnipeg restored. You will not believe the latest kind of garbage being crammed on a curriculum that has nothing to do with reading, writing, arithmetic. Actionline.ca. This is the priority at City Hall, like prostitutes. There's money being waved around. We better go do whatever it is so we can get the money. Now, whether it makes sense doesn't matter. Featuring the great Canadian talk show. Where do the people go to be heard? With Marty Gold. With Marty Gold. The great Canadian talk show podcast is brought to you by Midpoint Auto. Vehicle sales at wholesale pricing. 1.99% financing on new cars, 6.99% financing on great used vehicles. Cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, that's not all. Off-road vehicles, campers, snowmobiles, dirt bikes, even boats. If you're in the market for something with an engine, then that's the place you want to go. MidpointAutomotive.ca, the phone number 833-997-9930. Again, that's 833-997-9930. Midpoint Auto, bad credit approved, good credit rewarded. If you're a listener of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast, let them know by giving them the promo code. T-A-L-K, the word talk. That's the promo code, and you're sure to get a great deal from Midpoint Automotive. 
as we come back from those great sounding breaks, remember, support our sponsors and advertisers, join them, join our donors, join uh, our uh, contributors. I'm also quite interested in having more voices added to this, whether it's uh, through interview, you telling your story, the story of your community, the story of your business, the story of your family, uh, or with guest commentaries, uh, you name it, as, uh, as the Great Canadian Talk Show uh, continues on our path that has uh, taken us now through, my God, 15, 16, 17 years. I actually started, this actually started in 2004, which is a whole different story about another radio station. We'll tell another time. Um, there's a lot of long hours and hard work we put in on the election coverage. You're going to be hearing more uh, interview with Abby Khan seeking re-election in Fort White for the Conservatives. That, I anticipate, will be out on the weekend. Um, other interviews being uh, lined up with regards to the election. More election commentary, of course. Um, coverage of the media and the way they cover uh, the election. You'll hear about it, read about it. We're working on the video side. See it on actionline.ca. Uh, and as well... Uh, my ongoing contributions over at winnipegtribune.ca. So check it all out. Let me know what you think. MartyGoldLive at gmail.com. There is an action line email address, but we're I, I want to bridge into that slowly, <laughs> a little more slowly. Um, your feedback's important. People have uh, been very good in sending in, you know, you know, corrections, things I didn't quite understand properly, like exactly exactly who the brewer is. Brewer? Bottler? Um, uh, up in uh, up for fine products produced in Gimli of the alcoholic variety. Uh, and it all comes together here. Uh, there's no ivory tower. I've never been in an ivory tower. I'm just going to interject a commentary of sorts here, and it relates to the Crime Court's public safety update in that we even have to have those. Uh, and going back to our days again on Kick FM, one of the most well-regarded, highly regarded segments, and I, I hope I can dig it up one day, was uh, after a fellow had been in an altercation with police, a wild, as I recall, was a, uh, involved a stolen car or something, and the, the fellow lost his life in the confrontation with police. And uh, we got a phone call about, uh, it was called the meth caller. And so I've been on this uh, subject uh, and covering it for many, many years now. And I had my own experiences in dealing with it, as I've described on this program. And one of the reasons we have Crime Court's public safety problem in Winnipeg and why we need these updates is because of addictions, because of the effect of addictions, because the effect of the effect of the criminal behavior that surrounds addictions. And more specifically, those that are addicted, they're the ones committing the, the, the behavior, as well as if there's pushers involved, you get the idea. But I want to try to tie this together because it's been pointed out to me that one of the problems that we're having in being able to get a coherent approach across government towards putting a stop to the amplification of drug use in our society, the amplification of runaway drug use, 
of addiction. It's because too many politicians are playing games with this. Now, I do not profess to be an expert in, in that I've never studied the field. I've seen it in action as a cab driver uh, working in the hotel and bar industry. Uh, most people would not survive a week trying to manage the Royal Albert Hotel as we were assigned to do. My family was asked. We, I can't even say we were voluntold. Somebody had to do this or there would have been at that time, there's 50 rooms, I think, probably 25 were occupied. There would have been 20 people out on the street with literally nowhere to go. I first-hand experience. Some of those people had a lot of problems, right? And they'd attract people to come around the building that caused them problems or were part of their problems. So I have that kind of real-life experience, no experience in a lab setting. I've been blessed by God that I've never had a problem with an addiction to uh, you know, hard drugs, soft drugs, alcohol, just not my thing. It's affected those that are close to me. It's affected family members. It's affected... Um, I mean, I, I just saw lots. I've seen lots in these different... The different circumstances. So I know what I know if you know what I mean. Last year, the federal government proclaimed that in September, our country would recognize the personal battles that have been won and the lives saved from drug and other addictions. Recovery Month is... Uh, focused across Canada on gatherings like what we have in Winnipeg, Recovery Day, coming up on Sunday. It's a significant milestone for communities such as ours. And this year it's at the Forks on Sunday from 11 to 3 p.m. And if you haven't been there before, you should attend just for a little while and see it for yourself. Go see the people at the various tents that are set up, the people milling about. It gathers together people and families and professionals who are personally affected and invested in this, it's often raw and emotional. There's grief and joy and hope and, and a lot of love. You see people who haven't seen each other um, in a long time or people who the last time they saw each other, somebody wasn't in really good shape or they see each other and in the recent past, in between their, uh, their meeting up, you know, whatever, somebody close to them, somebody beloved has passed away. It's apparent that politicians and political parties can do a lot better to respond to the crisis that's undermining public safety and tearing our communities apart that I report on every week on this podcast. Government officials, they use all the right terms, recovery capital, but they do so without ensuring that their words and their actions match up. Access to addiction, to addiction services. Um, it's, it's patchy, it's piecemeal, it's underfunded. And the system itself, the bureaucracy, the way they choose to run these programs, picks winners and losers before anyone's even gotten in the ring. The vaunted RAM clinics, that is actually two-tier medicine. It imposes two-tier medicine on people who are seeking help, and it's not working. If you're sitting for hours in a waiting room praying to be seen before the end of the business day, because the bureaucrats' recovery is a nine-to-five business, well, that discourages people trying to break the cycle. They're there to get help. Instead, they get told, go sit in that chair and wait, and wait, and wait. 
and wait. And while recovery, capital R recovery, the methods that are available, it includes all sorts of programs and models. Some politicians will use the overall issue to build a bandwagon around something that brings them political support. For instance, the bandwagon bandwagon around so-called safe consumption sites. And this emphasis on putting voting blocks and political support, partisan political support, I mean, as opposed to bipartisan. Are you even allowed to use that word anymore? The emphasis has been on building partisan political support. And this politicizes the entire sector because you have all these different uh, facilities, providers, professionals, and they got to walk on eggshells lest they say the wrong thing around the wrong person who is in the ear of the wrong politician. Funding is proposed and handed over, uh, often not on the basis of how many people can actually be successfully helped. Recovery. Measurable target, measurable targets, right? Measurable outcomes. Funding is often determined on the basis of will it deliver votes for the proponents. And that needs to end the single biggest obstacle to turning the tide on drug addiction in Manitoba and in this country, setting aside the rule of law enforcement in the courts. And well, I'm outspoken on that. And you can scoot through other episodes of the podcast. I've been consistent on that. But the single biggest, biggest obstacle is the way politics divides the people and organizations delivering addiction services. The sector cannot be united. They are allowed to be united because political operatives want those divisions in place. Competing for dollars in an underfunded industry creates a toxic atmosphere that politicians can exploit, but which ultimately exploits the vulnerable addicts needing help and willing to take the steps to get healthy. I've said it before, I'm going to say it once more. If somebody steps forward and says, I want to stop drinking, I want to stop snorting, I want to stop injecting, I want to stop huffing, whatever their method of intake is, when somebody says, help me stop, the government has to put a hand out to help them. And it can't just be nine to five. It can't just be the way it's being delivered now. This year for Recovery Day, I hope everyone there who's an elected official, city councilors, MPs, or seeking election as an MLA. Heck, let's throw in school trustees too, politicians. I hope Every one of them gets asked hard questions by everyone there about their priorities for funding, their priorities to stop addiction from starting, their priorities to help victims get clean and sober. And I know if I see them, I'll be asking. I'll be right back with a brief Crime Courts Public Safety update here on the Great Canadian Talk Show. Do you have a comment, story tip, or want to advertise or support the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast? Email tgcts1 at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at TGCTS. You have the power. 
The Great Canadian Talk Show is brought to you by The Hive Hair Company. From classic to funky, the styles of your life are at The Hive in the heart of the Osborne Village at 175 Osborne. Call 452-4483 or online thehivehaircompany.com. The Crime Courts and Public Safety Update is sponsored by Jamrock Security. For your home, your family, your business, your employees, and for your community, Jamrock provides affordable protection solutions. Call 204-880-1564 or go online, jamrocksecurity.ca. Do security. Do it smart. Jamrock Security. And now, a part of the program many of you have been waiting for, the Crime Court's Public Safety Update, brought to you by Jamrock Security. We thank them very much for their sponsorship of this segment through the provincial election campaign period. Surprisingly, it's Mary Agnes Welsh Pro Research. Crime is a big issue in Winnipeg. Pollsters, sometimes in touch and sometimes a little less in touch. And it's one of the reasons why we've covered this intensively, really, for our first day on Kick FM. Because it matters to people their personal safety, their personal security, knowing that their cars won't be stolen, knowing that their garages won't have the door kicked in, knowing that their windows won't get bashed. Well, hoping, because what you used to think you knew, people realize they don't know anymore. And as I want to just harken back, the whole issue of of Recovery Day addictions, that's part of it. People that are supporting Recovery Day, they are against crime, believe me. (laughs) They are against uh, uh, crime. They are against the manifestations of crime. Because a lot of the crime that goes on around addictions, it occurs around, uh, you know, very often, like family members, employers, like people you know, let alone the strangers, the people you don't know, turn around and suddenly find that they're a victim of something. It's not like they can point the finger, you know, they know who have a good idea who maybe was behind it. This stuff is like completely random. Completely random. And it's causing fear. Very frequently on this program, focusing on uh, River Heights and St. Boniface, two of my bailiwicks over the years, uh, the North End more so from my my uh, my ute, my misspent ute. And so let's take a look what's gone on over the, just a random, over the course of the long weekend, different parts of those neighborhoods, a little bit of insight into what might be going on. I think this was Sunday night, I think. A person who lives in River Heights near Stafford and Wellington. Good way to put it. Or, yeah, near, yeah, near, but more or less Stafford, Harrow, Wellington, Crescent, that sort of general neighborhood around Kelvin High. Someone, actually is more than one person, was trying to ride a bicycle through their hedges while carrying a number of items. Now listen to this, including a ladder. Remember, we talked about the use of ladders in, I think, I think it was, now I'm trying to remember, was that by Happy Land Park or was that in in uh, in uh, North Point Douglas, I think that was in Happy Land Park. Uh, people using ladders to climb up to look in the in in people's windows, scope things out. No, sorry, that was in Lord Roberts. See how many neighborhoods are afflicted? That was in South Osborne and Lord Roberts. Well, here's somebody 
maybe they're from Lord Roberts. They've gone over to River Heights, straight down Stafford, right? Ride their bike. And the ladder got stuck in the bicycle. <laughs> they ended up dragging the bike and the ladder through our yard and into the street where they proceeded to hammer at the bike with a pipe or a tool of some kind. However, the police arrived within five to ten minutes and he was apprehended. Some damage to our bushes. I think the police were able to locate the owners of both the ladder and the bike. They kept their distance. The police do their thing. They did an excellent job. I was really impressed with this person. This is a Facebook post uh, in a neighborhood group. How quickly they arrived and were able to deal with the situation and the person involved so calmly. Defund the police. They were nice to what is presumably a drug addict who was just trying to commit a very poorly thought out plan that is like something you would have seen in a Jerry Lewis movie. The ladder getting stuck in the bicycle. Elsewhere in River Heights, and this, I think, refers to, I think this was Saturday night into Sunday, 4.50 a.m., 10 to 5, we had a visitor break into our garage. The floodlight ring camera didn't scare him away one bit. He looked right into the camera. He didn't take anything, but I worry he'll be back. I'll have the volume up on my phone. We'll set the alarm on the ca- and we'll set the alarm on the camera off and call police if he comes back. I'll send in a report to police. My biggest worry is letting my dog out when it's dark at night. If only, if only the citizens of River Heights had a city councilor they could talk to directly about their concerns that their pets aren't safe because of the raft of criminals floating through the neighborhood. Smiling for the cameras, so emboldened they are. I'm thankful for our patio lights around our yard that I put on before letting the dog out. And this is up on the uh, on the southern end of River Heights between Grant and Mathers, close to Waverly. And they actually included the video of this, uh, of this individual trying the door. Meanwhile, on Labor Day, between 12.30 and 1.30, a woman reporting their house was robbed. I feel sick to my stomach, she posted. I wasn't home, and the kids and their dad were playing on the front street only a few houses away. He saw, I guess the husband, saw a dark pickup truck pulling away in our back lane as he and the kids came back to the house. If anything saw anything, I'll just mention this. If anyone saw anything on Monday around noon to 2 o'clock in the 300 block of Niagara or the back lane between Niagara and Queenston, uh, well, please let me know and I'll let them know. MartyGoldLive at gmail.com. So you see uh, hip-hopping all through River Heights. And again, think of the ripple effect. Think how this affects the families involved, the neighbors, the the across-the-lane neighbors, the the across-the-street neighbors. And now they have to file insurance claims or get locks changed or try to inventory what may have been stolen or think about whether their children and their dogs are at risk. And again, Ford, this is what? 4.50 in the morning. This break-in was at noon. Another one was at night. There's no peace for the people of River Heights, apparently. Now, a neighborhood that you don't often hear about in terms of crime, uh, you hear me talk about St. Boniface, you don't often hear about Norwood Flats. That's the area uh, where they have to cross St. Mary's Road to get to the Red Top or to visit Dan Vandell's office, their member of Parliament. One fellow woke up this weekend with different license plates on his vehicle. 
which he reported to police. Make sure you check before leaving. Another fellow in Norwood Flats on Labor Day, I just got home from the lake to find my house was broken into. They obviously had lots of time because they went through the entire house. And this is down toward the Lindale Drive end of things. I'm looking for help, pleaded this individual. From anyone who may have seen or heard anything odd this weekend, they took many pairs of sneakers still in boxes, a Samsung TV, and a safe. These are all large items. I'm hoping someone saw something. Thanks for any info you can provide. Again, email me and I'll pass this on to that family. Now, one of our longtime uh, supporters and listeners and someone with a background in security, home security, security, uh, knows a thing or two about the court system. The method of operation, as a former resident of St. Boniface, they say the method of operation might be like one I saw a few years ago. They come to a house only a few hundred, only a few hundred feet from the from in this case that person's house with what looks like a moving truck, and they start loading it up. Nobody sees anything unusual. The particular neighbor, you know, in this case, that neighbor was a loner and didn't really circulate with the neighbors that much. So there's an interesting scam. Pretend the 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 thieves pretend they're actually movers. As opposed to, I guess, shakers. Every neighborhood has these kinds of problems. Many of these neighborhoods are represented by city councillors whose eyes are not on the ball. Whose priority is not on protection of the law-abiding public, of the taxpayers, of the ratepayers, of the people who make neighborhoods what they are. And instead, neighborhoods are increasingly becoming what they should not be. Uh, every once in a while, I reference a uh, well-known pundit who uh, was originally from Edmonton, I think, uh, and uh, is now in Victoria. And... He made the point that nobody ever says, I wish I lived in a neighborhood that was overrun with used needles and crime everywhere and filth in the, in the, in the bus uh, shelters. And, and nobody ever actually wants that, yet we increasingly have that. That means the people who are supposed to stop that are failing. Tristan Hopper's right. When you live in an atmosphere where shoplifting is considered as a normal behavior, that's something that is supposed to make you wretch. Something's supposed to make you feel sick to your stomach. Too much acceptance of the dismantling, as it were, of a safe society in our neighborhoods and not enough backbone in standing up for the victims. And the victims aren't just the people who get robbed. They didn't, they're victims. When that fear spreads through the neighborhood, when other pe people say, oh my God, we got to take precautions at all hours of the day and night to protect our children and our pets in River Heights? In, by Happy Land Park? The neighborhood uh, 
by uh, that runs uh, the defray neighbor is what they call it by Archibald Marion on the north side. These neighborhoods are overrun. You hear the sirens even as I record, perhaps. Great Canadian Talk Show is going to continue to focus on this, going to continue to bring you the information, going to continue to tie things together, going to continue to fight the good fight. Actionline.ca, obviously now a major part of that. Your support, your donations, your sponsorship, your questions, your comments. Maybe you've got a good joke. Maybe there are things you don't think are very funny. You have a home here. I'll be back with another podcast for the end of uh, the week. We still have part two of our exclusive interview with Andrew Marquez, the uh, Gem Equities principal, the $5 million man, uh, as well as my exclusive interview with Avi Khan, uh, running for the Conservatives in Fort White, uh, rookie cabinet minister. And so those will be coming out over the course of the next three, four, five days. Uh, we'll figure out what order to get these uh, these episodes out. You're going to want to listen to them. You're going to want to spread the word. Actionline.ca is the home of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast. Of course, you can still find us on the regular podcast platforms uh, through Spotify. But, uh, you know, good, really good access to all the great information, the great uh, interviews, uh, the great exclusives that we've been able to put out in the past, much easier to find actionline.ca. When you cruise through the through the tabs and you cruise through, you'll see why this is the new home for public affairs in Winnipeg. And we're going to continue the tradition here with the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast that we speak out for you because you have the power. Actionline.ca. Let's get right down to business. Our launch event exclusive interview with Andrew Marquez of Gem Equities. It looked like we were off to a good start. And then from there on, it was just jumping through hoops. The man who beat the city of Winnipeg in court was awarded $5 million and counting. They try to interfere with his development. And then we just realized this was essentially a game. Here, Andrew Marquez tell his story. This planner had a meeting with Councillor Orlico, and Councillor Orlico said, slow down the plan, basically stop it. On ActionLine.ca. Thanks for listening to The Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty, send it to tgcts1 at gmail.com. Or follow him on Twitter at... TGCTS.